what's this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Soul for Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul White. All right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, not so bad, not so bad. You know, up and down at work and things like that, but we're sort of getting towards the end of our industrial dispute and things now, so things are looking a bit, a bit better, but I'm sort of looking forward to the match now. That's sort of taken over my mind this week with the Super League starting, and I know all the old games have been on the telly, and it's it feels good, doesn't it, the build-up to the new season, so I'm excited for Friday, mate. Yeah, I know another lad who's excited about the, the season starting. We've got Paul Parkin uh, on the show again, Parkin. Yeah, evening lads, evening, yeah, can't wait, it's uh, it's come around now, we've, we've waited longer than usual, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, the excitement's starting to build, and uh, yeah, I can't wait now. Yeah, I think this is the time when it's super exciting, because anything can happen, can't it, at this time, you're, you're dreaming about uh, success, aren't you, mm. you know, playoff finishes, grand final finishes, Challenge Cup uh, finals, and you know, you start sort of drifting, don't you, and dreaming about how well Soph will do, Parker. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I've, I've been watching uh, Sky Sports Arena this the last few days, and it's all dedicated to rugby league, and it's just built up that that excitement and that you know, and, and you start thinking, you know, we we can do this, we can do that, and yeah, I, obviously it'd be great if we could start the season with our our strongest side out. That'd have been, you know, that would be the dream, but uh, I'm not sure that's obviously going to happen. But I think it does. It's, it's where all your hopes begin, isn't it? Um, and you know, there's it, been years where we've had. Had it all built up. We signed all these great players, and it, it, it fell apart. But this year, it just feels feels a little bit different again, uh, like like the last couple, really. But yeah, really excited now. Yeah, the success of last year, um, Paul, and the year before. Does it make it even more exciting this year? Because obviously, we're on a we're on a journey, aren't we? I mean, we're only going one way. Um, yeah. I think it's it's like the start of a new era now, isn't it? This this time it's a bit of a clean slate with Richard Marshall. I mean, I, I was speaking to a St. Helens supporter the other day at work, and he was sort of saying to me, "Do you think Richard Marshall's under any sort of pressure at Salford to perform?" I said, "Well, no. I, don't, I think it's a new a new start, and um, no, I don't think he's under pressure. I think he's he's going to make his own mark on things now." And yeah, I thought. You know, the last season for me was a bit of a 50-50 one because we had success in the cup, whereas in the league we perhaps didn't, you know, do as well as we, we thought we'd do in the league. I think we finished ninth in the end, didn't we? So for me, looking forward now, the guy said to me, "What what would you be happy with this season?" And I said, "You know what, an improvement on last season. If we can finish higher than ninth, you know, up in the table and, and get to Wembley again, I said, you know, I'd be a very very happy man." So so yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm, I'm not really set any bold predictions, but like you guys, I'm. I can see us going on. We've been on a bit of an upward curve last few years, I think, and you know we've made a lot of progress. We've got we command a bit more respect now from clubs. I don't think we turn up as the rubbing rags now. I think people do show us a bit more respect. I mean, the guy I was chatting to yesterday, the Saints fan, he was saying that he said, you know, we were expecting a tough game. You know, we're not. We're not it's not the Salford of old that just turn up and keep the score down. So, uh, so yeah, I'm excited for it. But yeah, let's, let's improve and another Wembley trip would be it'd be amazing. Yeah, I think Richard Marshall. There is a bit. I would say there was a bit of pressure, but he has a, a good team and a good squad there. The squad that's got to a, a grand final and a squad that got to a, a Challenge Cup final the last two years isn't a rubbing rag squad, Parky. So you know he has good tools to work with, uh, which is only going to benefit him on this, uh, you know, on this journey into this season. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a strange one, really, with pressure. I mean, being Salford coach has never been probably seen as much as a. You know, a pressurised uh, situation, as it you know, it, for, for years when I, you know, I watched through the the, the eight season and so on. It's a case of just keep us in the first division. That's that's your pressure, really. You know, there's no no great ambition, but let's try and have a crack at Wembley. Let's, and I think now it's changed. And I think, like you say, the squad itself looks and and will will act differently to to what we 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 were used to years ago. Um, so I, I, when it comes to pressure on on, on Richard, I think that. The pressure he'll put on himself will be incredible. Um, it's his first job, and he knows probably in the back of his mind, you know what what we've done over the last couple of years under under Ian Watson in in terms of the success kind of we've had. He'll want to at least replicate that and make it, you know, take it a step further. But like Paul said, this is new, and it's new for all of us, him included, the players that were there, the new players we brought in. Things are going to take a little bit of time, but I don't think. He's overly pressured, as in, you know, we've, we've got to get to a flyer, we've got to do this. But um, yeah, I think when you look at the squad, I think there's, there's pressure there because we have got some real quality players and uh, they've, they've got to perform. 
uh, and Richard's got to get the best out of them. Obviously, us fans don't really feel pressure because we don't actually have to play, do we, um, Paul? But is, is it us fans that have to kind of think about changing our mentality? Because obviously now we're thinking, well, we got to a, a Challenge Cup final, got to a grand final. Are we are we thinking playoffs minimum? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, for all we've said about the, the getting to the finals, we didn't win them. We've still not won a trophy for a long time. So, you know, you know there's, still, there's still that there, that to aim for, isn't there, in, in Wembley and things like that. But no, I don't, me, me as a supporter, I never go into a season demanding or expecting certain things. It, it's difficult because it's, it's a tough league, that. And there's a, there's a lot of sides in there who are, who are very similar, I think, in, in terms of resources and that. You've got your, your sort of top three or four sides who, who've got the big stadiums and the big money to spend. And then you've got, you know, teams like us in that, in that sort of middle bracket. So, it's going to be difficult. It's a difficult season. So um, one thing is this season, though. I think we've got a better squad. We've got a bigger squad. And um, as you both said there, Richard Marshall has got the tools now, I think, to, to do the job. And he seems the you know a wise a wise coach. He's done a good apprenticeship, as we said, the last couple of weeks. And I, I think he'll get the best out of those players. And that's what it's all about. And if he can get the best out of those players, we, we'll do well. I think we'll do well. Um, I think we'll surprise teams as well because you know already the pundits are sort of you know marking us down aren't we in various uh, sort of websites and articles and papers and things so no one really holds out a lot of hope for us and I think that's when you're dangerous you know when people don't expect that and that'll take a bit of pressure excuse me off the team as well so uh, so yeah I'm not expecting you know grand finals and, and and things like that but I think we can more than hold our own more than hold our own this season definitely as as we're still in this Corona sort of world Parker does sort of the big clubs who have big fans and, and Salford who haven't got the massive following of the likes of Wigan and Leeds is it is it a leveller? I think it can be I think certainly on the officials I think you, you think back to the years going to, to Headingley and, and, and facing Leeds or something like that or, or going to, to St. Helens and, and and thousands of their fans pleading you know for, for blood and you know, every forward pass or every, you know, whatever it is. And a lot of the time, referees and officials can be can be swayed by that. I think that has an effect. Um, the only marker I've really got, I mean, last season was was strange anyway. Um, we, you know, we, this year we do all start off again on the same footing. And it's uh, uh, to, to look across to, to football and see what's happened there. And certain teams uh, haven't performed this year without fans. Certain teams have, have excelled in, in, in a strange way. Um, that the form of away teams has, has obviously been better, and I think that could be the case. While there's no fans in, I really do. I think it will affect uh, certain teams, and and maybe <laughs> I know it doesn't sound right, but maybe us having such a small following generally uh, might might aid us a little bit because the players, you know, would be used to to that kind of that kind of thing. I don't, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're very vocal, and that that would be missed. But uh, I think when you go to these bigger clubs, you know, Leeds, Wigan. Even even going to to Warrington, you know, when when the fans get on the the players' back, or can certainly get behind their own team a little bit more uh, when, when they try. Um, I think I think they'll feel the effect of it more than more than maybe we would or Wakefield perhaps or, or somebody like that. So yeah, I think it will have a, a slight effect. Um, obviously, they've had long enough now to to play without fans at the back end of last year, and we've just had such a long pre-season that I don't know if players have forgotten what it's like to play in front of fans. Maybe that'll scare them when it does come back. But it's, it's an interesting point. I'm sure it will have an effect on, on a few clubs, yeah. Yeah, I, I think being vocal, it works both ways, and it? If, if you're sort of on, in form and playing well and, and the crowd get behind you, it gives you that extra sort of, bu- sort of buzz and that extra 10%. But if you, things aren't going too well and you know, you're losing games that you shouldn't be losing, crowds get twitchy, don't they? And pl- players start feeling pressure, don't they? And I think us... Not playing in front of the crowd has helped us as a, as a team sort of to develop their own self belief and self confidence. I know it's a strange, weird thing to say because you obviously you, you you want that uh, enthusiasm from the crowd to to carry over. But I think the fans not being there has helped the team and the club and the players focus on what they're good at and perform at the highest level. Paul. Um, yeah, I think a bit mixed really. We lost a few games last season, didn't we? When there was no crowd there, I think it was a bit, bit of a miss really. I've not done the stats, so I'm not too sure. I think as a player, I don't. Yeah, I think you, you probably miss it. You probably miss the atmosphere and things like that. But under Marshall now, as I said before, this this new era and that, I think they're going to want to play well for him. 
I think they want to going to want to start on a on a on a good footing and impress the coach. And uh, there seems to be a real good togetherness in that squad there. And if we can get anywhere near that 2019 team spirit we've got, I don't think it matters who's in the stadium. If you're all happy and you're playing with a smile on your face and things start to go right for you, you can build that momentum and that'd be great. If we can get some wins early doors when there's no crowds there, when the crowds do come back at the AJ Bell, as you both said, we don't get the biggest crowds, but you know, we might do those crowds might build because to me, it was taken away from us after the grand final. We got to the grand final and we started the, uh, the the 2020 season, didn't we? And the crowd seemed to seemed to be sort of on the up. We, we beat Wigan, and then it was taken away from us because obviously it was all locked down then, and that's why our momentum got got stopped. So it's going to be interesting to see when crowds do come back. If, if we're winning matches as well, and we've got a bit of a sort of a good buzz going, I think people will come back and watch it. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm sure the players are going to be ready. They they want to impress the new coach, no doubt about that. Obviously, other teams in Super League Park. Are you, who are you looking at? Who you, who you think is going to be uh, successful? Who's going to be the dark horse, and who's going to struggle? Um, well, that's a good question. I think, I think the traditional sort of two big Lancashire clubs in, in Saints and, and we're going to be. I'll be up there. I think. I, I did think for a long period during the off season that that Wigan would possibly be the stronger, but. I don't know. I look through the squad again now, and they've got some fantastic players. I mean, let's let's not, you know, sort of forget that. But I'm not sure their their forward pack's perhaps as good as it should be, as strong as it should be. Um, but obviously, Saints. I mean, it's easy to say. You know, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, I think as a surprise, I, I actually think we could be a surprise. Uh, a lot of people are obviously tipping Huddersfield for that, but. I'm not. I don't know if I don't know if Huddersfield being in the top, you know, four it would be that much a surprise. I think you know they've obviously spent a bit of money or whatever. Um, so I think I think we might be the surprise. Uh, I think looking. At, I mean, these teams like Castleford, who who I look at the squad and I don't think it's that fantastic, but somehow every single year they they finish in the playoffs or you know they they push for something. Um, but is it a year too far? Because, you know, Powell's leaving at the end of the year or does that make players perform differently? I don't know. I think I think Lee will find it tough. I think we, we've mentioned it before that, you know, we're, we're fortunate we've got quite big, you know, squad numbers now and, and depth of players that can, can fit in there. I think that might, with Lee's sort of late entrance and, and lack of preparation time, might go against them. Uh, I'm not sure about Wakefield. I think Wakefield... Perhaps again, and I'm not sure how they've recruited. For me, nobody stands out, um, so they may they may find it a little bit tough. But again, another team that always surprises, and I'm glad they do because you know, like like people predict us to finish bottom every year. It's like it's nice to see uh, teams like ourselves and Wakefield, you know, sort of uh, put fingers up at, at, at those in the know, I suppose. Um, I, I think I think Warrington have to perform this year. I really do. I think they've. They've not seemed to get over the line, have they, in recent years? Even though we know they've always got quality in the team, um, and obviously they brought in Greg Inglis this year, which could go one way or the other. I mean, you know, time out of the game that he has, but uh, what you know, what a massive name! And if, if he can make the impact he had back in the NRL, then you know he'll be a massive, uh, a massive fillet for them. And, and Hull FC again this year, new coach again, but they they brought. You know, just a couple of players in, but they've still got that strong squad, and they'll have a huge backing when when fans are allowed back in. They they could, if they can get it right for once, they could be a potential threat for the for the bigger guys. Um, but most people, I think, now are putting the money on on Leeds to be the team that'll break in from the last couple of years where they've suffered. They they seem to have settled the ship a little bit. You know, brought a couple more players in. Um, another year for maybe Agar to to settle his squad. So. Like Paul said, he's very competitive this year. And I don't see much besides the top two, Wigan and Saints, uh, and and potentially Lee at the bottom. I don't think there's much between any of them. It's going to be very interesting for me, Parker. I think Dark Horse. You've got to look at Castleford. Um, you know, Daryl Powell's last season in charge there. I have a mentality of always being there and thereabouts in the playoffs. One big effort for the for the last season of the coach being there could sort of push him into a sort of a semi-final final thing for me uh, Wigan will be towards the top uh, like always um, 
team to worry about would be Wakefield for me. I think they were struggling, weren't they, towards the end of uh, sort of the back end of last season. Um, yeah, I think I think they could be for the for the drop. I know we were saying Lee coming up from the the championship, uh, Paul. You know that that's a big it's a big gap in quality, and they've got a, um, a sort of a bridge to to get over there. But they have signed a. I think they signed an Australian hooker this today, have they? So that he might help in the in that in that department. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be tough for Lee. I think there's players in there who who've played in the Super League before and probably found it tough. And I'm not saying the Championship players, but I think it'd be the pace that does them. I, I, I think they're going to they lack a bit of pace in the three quarters. I think they'll win matches on enthusiasm. Um, I think for me the, the top two I, I'd, I'd go with Wigan and say Ellen like I said before I talked to a, a friend yesterday St. Ellen supporter and he seems to think Wigan are going to be the team he thinks we're going to be better than them um, and, and yeah I think with Bevan French in the team I mean he's lightning quick isn't he they signed this GI field as well he looks a decent player You've got Jackson Aces in there and I think the big one's John Bateman coming in I mean he's the favourite for the Man of Steel and that back row they've got I mean I know we beat him the other week but They've got some good players in there. That's a Leon Farrell, Sam Powell. So they're strong all round, aren't they? They always seem to have a good academy and, and players that they draft in as well. So I, I'd say them and Saints would be up there. And I'm not sure about Cass. I don't know about that. I'm not sure about Huddersfield either. Um, I think there's an awful lot of pressure on them, Huddersfield. Um, I, I wouldn't say the club are doing lots of talking, but the press are. They really are talking them up, and, and that's that's pressure. And they're going to have to deal with that. And um, I'm not so sure whether they'll be able to. There's nobody in their squad really that I think better than I've seen a lot about Luke Yates this this week he's been in the, the press and you know, he's a decent player at Salford but he's not a player that's going to win you a match so uh, I'm not worried about them to be honest um, all KR I might sound daft here but I think they'll be tough to beat I think Tony Smith's made some decent mm-hmm. signings like Ryan Hall's a good player um, there's some signings there that he's made that are perhaps 50-50s that could go either way um, but they're always tough to beat up there Graven Park so I think they could be an outsider for top six um, like you say Wakefield I don't know I don't want to slag Wakefield off because we never win there <laughs> it's always <laughs> a tough place to go our record there's awful but they, one thing they always seem to have they always seem to have a really good team spirit up there and I know they've got Willie Poach in there and I think they brought Andy Last into the coaching setup as well so I mean that could go either way if they brought them guys in because the pressure's on Chris Chester I'm not too sure but I think they need a good start they've got Leeds first up haven't they so I think we'll know by weekend how, how they're going to pan out so we're uh, and we forgot Catalans, we've not mentioned them, have we? And mm. They're going to be tough to beat, aren't they, over there? So, I don't know, they've got some good players. Um, it, it is, it's like Paggy said, it, apart from Wigan and Saints, I think everybody else, it's very, very even, really. And Warrington always seem to flatter to deceive, but they've got a big squad, a good squad as well, and a lot of riches to pick from. I think Leeds will be good. I thought they were. I thought Richard Agar did an excellent job there last season, considering he got quite a bit of stick as well off the supporters and, and the press and that over the years. I think he's a good coach. Every time I've seen him in press conferences, he's got an awful lot of knowledge. Very humble guy, and um, you know, for you know, for a team where I don't really like Leeds, I, I don't mind him. To be honest, he seems a good guy. So, so yeah, if if I had to predict the table now, I'd probably he'd probably take me all night. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say in the top two are probably near the bottom, like you've said, and the rest of them. I think you can sort of there's there's cases for all of them, really. And it's going to be tough to predict. I think you talked about Tony Smith and and OKR before uh, mm-hmm. Parker. I think I've read something this week about him trying to take OKR out of this cycle of, of fighting against relegation and and and, and sort of dismantling the squad, then rebuilding the squad, and then dismantling the squad. And it kind of sounds like we're, we've, we're, we're in the same, dip, we're in a sort of a similar cycle, but at a higher level. So we're going from sort of mid-table into playoffs rather than into battling relegation. Yeah, you know, the more I think about who okay, are actually, I mean, Paul made a really good point there that they are, they are going to be tough. They're always tough to be at Craven Park. It's, it's a tough place to go. And they have made a few, a few sort of astute signings this year. They they could actually, um, they could surprise a few. I know they've got uh, obviously like Paul said, Ryan Hall. I think Corbin Sims has gone there. Uh, Takaranga from Parramatta, who's a, who's a, 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 I don't even know what he's doing in Super League. Never mind, just with Luke Kaya, he's, he's a great player. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good point. And, and like you say about Tony Smith saying that kind of thing, making that talk, yeah. I mean, you've got to aim up. You have to aim up. But I think, I think sometimes when in in the Super League, it's easier to say than do. 
uh, where do you move to? Like we've just said about all these teams that are more or less the same. You know, you might move up one place in a season. Is it is that progress? Is it just that somebody else had a bad season? Um, we we are starting on a different footing. Except when you look at the league table last year, I don't know. It's a, a skewed table. Not everybody played the same amount of games and everything else. And the fact that we played Toronto and had two points took away because they went out of the league. You know, it, it doesn't quite work. But you're only as good as last season, really. Um, and so, you know, if we if we can can look upwards from there, then, then yeah, that, that's what we've got to do. And I think the same with OKR. I think they're probably a better team than they were last year. Um, so, yeah, both both clubs, well, most clubs will be in the same kind of, but I'm sure Chris Chester at, at Wakey or whatever, you know, they're all looking the same way. But I don't think there's going to be much movement in terms of one team may, may make a big difference and may have one stunning season. But I think most of the teams are, are so much alike that we, you know, you could finish one or two places different, either up or down all season. Um, so our starting point, if it had been from 2019, we'd we'd be looking at, you know, we've gonna we've got to finish at least top six. That's how we'd be looking at it. Now because we finished where we did last year, you know, we we, we could be looking one or two places higher. Obviously, we're not. We're aiming for the playoffs. We're aiming for big things, but. You know, like I say, the league's that competitive this year that maybe finishing one place is is a huge success. Yeah, and I think what it is, um, Paul, it's about sort of the elite mentality and it being the best team you can be, but then also making the right decisions in crucial moments in big matches, isn't it? Where mm. and that's what separates the the nearly men to the the top men because they're able to make them big decisions under pressure and ultimately win the game. That's it, yeah. And it's about consistency as well, isn't it? You've got to be consistently good all season in Super League. And, you know, you can, it's all right raising your games and, oh, we're playing St. Helens at weekend. You've got to back up the week after against Huddersfield. You've got to back up against OK. You've got to be consistent. It's no good. I know, I know it's an old cliche. It's one I've always sort of said, but you get the same two points for beating Saints as you get for beating Lee. So you've got to be consistently good. And um, it is, it's going to be a tough season. I think the last couple of years for me, it's been great. I think. When Super League first started, there was, for me, sort of a couple of leagues, well, I'd say three leagues in one, really. You had your top side, your mid-table and your bottom ones. And I think the last few years, it's become a lot more open. I think last season was really open. And I think, other than COVID and the, the, the lockdown and the break in the season, I think the sides with the bigger squads sort of prevailed, really, because everybody else were just shattered, weren't they? And you know, They'd run out of players and fixtures had piled up and things like that. So I think this year, if you can get like a level playing field and where everyone plays week in, week out, I think you can have a really, really good season. And, you know, anybody getting that playoffs there and you could see a new name on the trophy, which would be great. It really would be great. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, be a real close season, this one. And like I said before, if I had to predict where Salford were going to finish, I'd probably struggle because... Uh, sometimes you need about five or six games, don't you, to see where where you're at and things like that. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this weekend. There's some great great ties this weekend, and I think there'll be some shock scores as well. You know, Lee play Wigan, and you know that's that's going to be a big game. That league going to raise their game. If, if they knock Wigan off this weekend, what how great would that be? So I think you might see some some surprise scores this weekend. Because that's what the excitement's all about, isn't it, Parker? You know, you, you want everyone to be competitive. You want all games to, to be close and, and exciting. And it, it sort of helps build the sport. Yeah, very much so. Like Paul said, I mean, anything can happen, especially opening weekend. You find that, don't you? There's, there's usually a couple of crank results in there or something like that. Who knows? I mean, you know, I don't think anybody except Salford fans is, is giving us much hope at, at Saints, no matter how, how good we look. Um, you know, Saints, uh, well, again, Saints, sorry, I made that mistake last week, didn't I, by saying it was at, uh, at Saints. Obviously, we're at neutral territory, which will make the games even more competitive, I think. Um, there's no real favouritism in that way. Um, I hope ours is the, is the one big, big shock result for everybody else in rugby league. It'll do us a, a massive favour, but you don't get any tougher to start. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing about the start of the season. Nobody knows. And like, like when you asked me before about who'd be the surprise, we, we, we really don't know. And one of the surprises might be that one of the bigger teams just isn't as good as we think they are. Mm. Um, you know, and they could get an absolute spanking this weekend. So it is, it is interesting. It is, it's just great. Looking forward to it. I was watching the Challenge Cup at the weekend and uh, I mean, some, some great games and brilliant to watch rugby league again. But 
I mean, we're watching the Featherstone-Bradford game and going into it, you know, nobody really knew. We knew Featherstone had a decent squad and Bradford always looked, looked like they were going to be strong. And then Featherstone absolutely blew them away. Uh, and it was something that I don't think any, any of us expected. We all thought it'd be tight. Uh, and that's that's what you get at this stage of the season. People coming out of pre-season, maybe certain players not as fit or certain squads looking to peak at different times. Uh, I, I'm yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. And I think, like Paul says, I, I think there'll be a, I think there'll be at least one surprise result, or, or what you may consider a surprise result this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. We're going to be talking all about it on the uh, the podcast and the Sports Zone uh, throughout the season, aren't we, uh, Paul? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. It's uh, like you said, it's been funny this time. It's been, I think, the first Super League season, if I'm not. Uh, Wrong. That started sort of towards the end of March, if I remember it serves me right. So it's been strange because the last few years, I mean, last year I think we started on the 30th of January, didn't we? So we've had to wait a bit a bit longer for it. But no, I've been enjoying it. I really enjoyed the Challenge Cup last weekend. I watched the, uh, well, I backed West Wales with a 30-point start against Widmer. So I lost a couple of quid on that. But uh, I watched the Bradford game against uh, against Featherstone. Really impressed with Featherstone Rovers. And uh, I've caught a bit of the NRL as well. So it's been great. So building up to Super League, I believe there's been some match- on the telly today, so I've taped some of them, the old retro games that have been on. So he's building up nicely now for, for the season. And don't forget, we've got the World Cup to look forward to as well. So it's going to be great. You know, the next the next month, few months leading into spring and summer, there's some great games there. You look at the fixtures, you know, coming up for us. We've got a tough start, haven't we, with these, uh, these games. The only disappointing thing is we don't play Good Friday. Um, you know, Easter Saturday, we play Hull, don't we? So I'm going to miss that. I mean, the last time I think we played. Didn't play Good Friday. I think it was the league game on Easter Thursday, weren't we? We got absolutely soaked at least. So uh, that's a fair few years ago. So I'll miss that on Good Friday. But but no, really looking forward. Can't wait. Can't wait for this match Friday. Massive game, as you say, St. Helens. They're going to be really tough. But this is a big test. What 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 more of a test do you want? Richard Marshall must be relishing it and the players. You know, test yourself against the champions. Yep. So uh, let's talk about the big news coming out of the club this week. So, the big news, Parker, is um, Eleanor UK and Salford have agreed uh, a deal regarding catering at, at the matches, uh, which means Salford now will get will benefit financially from sales made on the concourse. Um, fantastic um, for the club, because uh, obviously match days now gives us a, an income. Yeah, thanks for pointing this uh, in my direction there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're trying to ins- insinuate something. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, brilliant. At last, this is what we wanted. You know, we, we, we've complained since we moved there. I think that no matter what we do, we don't make any money on a, on a match day out of, out of anything like that. And this is, this is a big plus. Um, and you know, I'm not encouraging people to, to drink obviously, or, or eat anything you shouldn't eat, but you know, the more, the more money goes through them tills, the more money we make out of it. Now it's took us, you know, it took us a long time to, to get to this point. But uh, I'm, I think it's a great thing how, how the club have, have managed it in such tough times. Because, I mean, of course, you know, Eleanor themselves have got costs to, to cover and profits to make. And after having a year off, basically, it's, you know, they, they'd have always been looking to, to make their own money. But somehow, Paul King and, and, you know, the team there have done another amazing job at pulling this off. Uh, and that's going to help. It's going back in our coffers. Um, so, you know, I'm, as much as I'm, you know, sending out a bit of a health warning, but... You know, if you do fancy an extra sneaky pint at half time or something like that, go and do it. Put the money in the club. That's that's the good thing. Obviously, they haven't given any figures about what percentage of each, you know, bit of food and drink the club get. Um, I'm sure they'll be they'll be promoting that when uh, when the time comes. Because obviously, Paul, you know, it's it's great that, like you said, Park, like Parky said, you know, Uns fans can can help um, put money in the club through through uh, that channel and. Um, yeah, it's just like other clubs. We know other clubs have a similar deal, don't they? They have, they have, uh, you know, food and drink sales, and it just gives us an extra bit of bit of boost, I think, moving forward. Yeah, well, any sort of income you can get, especially at the ball, the way things have been difficult, it's it's a boost, isn't it, for the club? We go back to the days at the Willows. I mean, you look at the, the variety centre and the the money that we used to make from that. It probably kept the, the club afloat, didn't that? Along with John Wilkinson, the, the stuff he used to put into the club. So, anything that helps it is great, and and that's been a bugbear for many people, hasn't it, over the over the last well, how long have we been there for now? Like nine years now at the at the new stadium, eight or nine years. So. So yeah, anything like that, any sort of revenue, especially in the, 
climate we're living in at the moment is great. And I think it's a big boost. It's a, a good story, that. And like I said, we don't really know the ins and outs of it, but, you know, something's better than nothing. Yeah, and I think, Park, it banishes the myths of... The, the two big myths on the AJ Bell Stadium can't get out, so if we don't get anything from it, when now we know with all the, you know the congestion, you know the roads round the round the stadium, um, congestion is better, so there's not as not as many people queuing up, and uh, obviously with the uh, the new deal, that's uh, another myth banished. Well, yeah, I mean the the, the actual part of making no money wasn't particularly a myth, was it? it was definitely a truth that we didn't, um, <laughs> but now now we do. Uh, as for the, the the stadium access, it, it is it is clearly better than it was, and just you know, I just don't want us to clash with a busy peak time at, uh, at Alder. That's going to be a bit of an issue um, with with that now being open on the site. Uh, but no, listen, like Paul said, something's better than nothing. So when we say we don't know how much, if we make you know, two pence off a pint or whatever, it's, it's more than we had. We didn't have anything. And and this is the first step in, in kind of integrating properly now, which should have, you know, sadly wasn't there when we first moved. I know we became sort of, you know, it's not beggars and choosers, but um, no, it's, it's a great thing. And hopefully, you know, it, once once crowds are let back in and we can get back, you know, please, Colby, go away. People are going to want to be at sports venues. People are going to be somewhere. And I think the crowds will swell, certainly for the immediate sort of period. We can make a bit of money out of that. Um, and, and that goes back into the club because we all know it, it's a big struggle for everybody in every industry. And, and, and us having a small fan base anyway, we were always going to suffer. So it's a great thing, a great thing to clear, you know, and, uh, and, and just add a bit, of, uh, a bit of money into the club. Yeah, I think we're all going to be watching sport differently live than we used to. So I think we're in much better position now with this deal uh, to uh, to sort of uh, make the most of make the most of that. Uh, Paul, obviously, there's other financial uh, revenues the club uh, the club have got with the, the squad builder, Red Devils TV, the lottery, season tickets, merchandise. It's, you know, they, they've seen to have got sort of a you know their house in order and, and able to to. to Sort of hopefully generate more juice, which helps improve the club. Yeah, it certainly does, and it as I said before, just reiterating the point really. I mean, the club need our help more than anything at the moment, don't they? With uh, with without being you know people being able to go to the matches and that. I think the season ticket sales have been been encouraging from what I've heard, and that's great. I mean, it's probably difficult for people to to buy a ticket really. You know, if you're a bit fifty fifty, you think, oh, I'm not going to be able to go to the games and that. But it just shows the commitment and the supporters we've got. And people are doing are doing squad building as well. I think yes, it's great that. I mean, just to, to give your hard earned money out for that, you're not really getting much for it, but you're helping the club, aren't you, and, and doing a bit. So, uh, so no, that's after everybody's bought a ticket and, and done that. And people are buying a merchandise as well because clubs desperate for it, aren't they? All clubs are at the moment all desperate for income. So uh, that's off if you've got your ticket and that. Yeah, big push for, for season tickets um, through the next few weeks from the club. Uh, it's great. Parky, I'm going to give you a bit of a grandstand moment here. Obviously, mm. our listeners will know people who aren't season ticket holders and may be able to kind of pause this part of the podcast to put it in front of a potential uh, fan. So what would you say to said potential fan in front of one's phone about buying a sofa season ticket? Wow, um, that's that's a big question to drop on me there. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> um, I, I would say to, to be able to, when we can go back to live sport, you're not going to find anything more entertaining than rugby league anyway. Uh, that that in itself, you know, if you've got if you've got that cash, get a season ticket and start watching. Whether it's Salford or whatever club it is, you know. Get out there and get watching because it is it's a magnificent sport. Um, uh, secondly, you know if you are a Salford fan or, or you know obviously just a Salfordian in general, this is your club. This, you know the, the, these represent who we are and what we've been for a hundred odd years. Um, you know, and these guys put their put their bodies on the line week in week out. And the last couple of years have proved that you know they they are willing to work for us. That day at Old Trafford, I don't think anyone who was there, the you know, I don't know how many thousands of Salfordians and ex Salfordians had, had flown in, and, and you know, and, and to, to be there for that, we want moments like that, and it's it's only things like people picking up season tickets and putting money in the club that are going to recreate that and get us back to these these day, the, the, you know, these happy days, and 
so many ex-fans who maybe now have dropped off, who may have gone in the 70s. Think back to the moments that you, you had. We can get them back, but we just need that, you know, that extra bit of cash. Your, who knows your season ticket might, uh, might take us to Wembley again. You just never know. Beautiful, Parker. Beautiful, wasn't it, wasn't it Paul? Lovely. You've got me welling up here. <laughs> you really have. Well, that's, yeah. it, it means a lot to people, doesn't it? It really does. And I think it's going to be dead emotional when people can go again because it's, it's like having a big part of your life switched off, isn't it, for a while. And it's not the same watching games on the telly, is it? So I think, you know, once people can start going again. But he's right what he says about, what Parker says about it being a, such a great sport. It's such a fantastic spectacle, rugby league. I mean, I watch a bit of... Um, I tried to watch a bit of um, what's it called NFL on um, the I don't have Sky Sports, so I, I watch Sky Sports Mix. I think is the free channel I get. And there's an awful lot of American football. And I tried watching a bit of that, and I mean, yeah, it's great, it's dead colourful and all that. But the stop starting that, it's it's boring. And I flicked a bit of the rugby union on the weekend, and I've never watched a game of rugby union in my life. And I watched a bit of I can't remember who played that. It was the Five Nations, whatever you call it, and the. The stop starting in that, it, it's it doesn't hold the candle. I'm not slagging them off. I, I don't nothing against because I don't understand the, the game really. But when rugby league is played at high intensity, there's not many sports that compete with it. I mean, I go back to that grand final last year. That was fantastic. There weren't many points in it, but mm. if you watch that back and the excitement and the drama and that ball goes up at the end there and the, the Saints score the Euro four year around the ground. I mean. Football, going about football and when he scored for City in that when they won the league at the end. Yeah, great. You get moments like that every sort of 50 years in football. You get them every weekend in rugby league. Stuff like that. Great tries and great... And, it, and it's great. It's just us selling it now to other people. And I don't know how we do it, whether it's market, you know, better marketing or, or whatever. I'm not too sure. Us, we're converted out. We, we know it's brilliant. We've got this sort of drug in our lives and we know how good it is. But it's just getting it out to other people now and convincing them and, and spreading the gospel. But... No, it's got me up for for life. It really has. I think you've got what you're selling. You're selling it. You sell the people, and you sell the emotion, and that's mm. and that's what um, sort of I miss really. Um, obviously, you know, behind closed doors, matches are kind of uh, you know very plain, aren't they? But as soon as you get the fans back in and the colour and and the noise and and the and the sort of the, the stories behind what 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 happens um it, it all starts again and and then you get that buzz back and yeah sort of looking for looking forward to it when when it eventually happens parker yeah the the other thing i would have, i would have added is that i mean i i've been lucky i was born into it and in, in, very much born into it um from from day one um so i had very little to say but salford as a as a rugby league club and as a as an entity is He's basically part of my life, part of my family. You know what I mean? And I, I've not seen many of my friends who I, you know, very, very close friends who I met through rugby league, including guys like yourselves, for a year. You know what I mean? You imagine that, how that is, you know, not seeing your family for a year. That's that's what it means to me because these people who watch rugby league, I think most of them are, are really, they're actually special people. And we all, but especially at Salford, we all want the same thing. Um, and I've made so many hundreds of friends just through the rugby league it's it's not like when you go to a football match they don't think and again I'm not having a football I'm a big football fan but it, it, the actual feeling the fans and, and the crowd is different and and when good times are good you know you, you feel it or you share it together and and as Salford fans we know only too well when the bad times are, are bad you, you you know the faces that'll be there they'll be the same ones we'll have a laugh we'll have a you know we'll, we'll have a cry whatever but it's it's a whole sort of community feel, and I think that's gone out of society quite a bit. And it's good that rugby league still got that. And if you know, if you've never been, just give it a try. Oh, you're on fire tonight, Parking. We have to move on. I've got a lump in my throat here. <laughs> <laughs> um, next bit of news: um, online courses um, commute for the community game, um, Paul. It's great. It's great. Obviously, they're looking at getting back the, to the amateur scene, get that going again. Um, Salford, Wigan, and Warrington are all involved in this online course, skill based, uh, and it's great for the for sort of the young kids uh, to learn new skills off the pros. You always ask me the hard questions, don't you? Oh, don't know. I dropped a couple of bombs <laughs> yeah, on Parker tonight. To be fair, 
<laughs> I don't know a lot about that, to be honest, Rob. So uh, I'll have to have to uh, blag this one a bit. But no, it sounds good. It sounds it sounds good to me. You know, anything that's getting you know kids involved in that, and it must, you know, on a serious note, it must have been tough for, for children over the last sort of six six months or whatever through the lockdown. I mean, my kids have got stuff that they do, you know, outside school, you know, hobbies and things like that, and you know, clubs, you know, where they go swimming and gymnastics and what have you. And it must be difficult, especially for. You know, if you're playing rugby or you play for a football team, one of my friends at work runs a under 11s football team, and they've not played for blooming ages now. So I bet they bet they can't wait to get back to it. So it does sound sound good to me that, and as we've said, the amateur clubs. It looks like things are starting to move now. I've been reading some of the amateur news recently, and uh, hopefully some fixtures and that will get announced soon, and they can start playing again because you know the grassroots is is massive, isn't it? You know, we want we want kids playing the sport, and you know, as long as it's safe to, to do so and what have you, which it's it looking like it might be now. So uh, so yeah, all for that, Robin. It's, it sounds really good. Yeah. Um, other news. Um, sponsor a try from the Supporters Trust. Fifty uh, p or a pound a try. Um, Paul, you know it's, it's fantastic. Supporters just do great things uh, to help the club. Um, and obviously, if you've got beer tokens uh, available, obviously we're a bit of the cast of society now. Um, so if you've got a few fifty p's and pounds laying about, uh, give them the Supporters Trust every time so for school. Is that one to me again, Parker? I'll give it you because you 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 relate you <laughs> liaise with the supporters, trust, don't you? <laughs> All right, yeah. I do, well, I mean, that many WhatsApp groups, Rob, for, to, for for things people just add me to WhatsApp groups for no reason, and I look at my phone, I've got that much information to take in. I don't know. Um, yeah, I do my best. I, I've heard all about this this sponsor a try. I'm not dead clued up with stuff like that, but I think if let me think how it works now. Do you know how it works? Who me? Yeah, yeah. Think, well, basically, every time every time Salford score, you yeah. obviously agree with Shirley. Um, if you're going to pay um, paying fifty p or a pound every time Salford score, and every time Salford score, you, you know your total goes up by fifty p or a pound, and then you pay you pay the Shirley or the supporters trust. Um, oh, I probably probably want it like as soon as possible, so make sure there's enough coppers in the in the tank, Parker. Yeah, I think that's how it works, yeah. Um, I remember it starting up a few years ago. Uh, it's an easiest thing to do, isn't it? You know, uh, like you say, if you if it's 50p a try, what what we what the team score on average? Three, four tries a game, mm. perhaps? You know, it's a couple of quid a week per per game. I mean, we'd obviously love to watch Salford score, you know, 80 points every week, but if you're in sponsor a try, you might not want it that much. Um but yeah, no, it's, it's quite an easy thing to do. I've got to sort mine out. I know that. I'll have to get in touch with, with Cheryl or whoever over the next day or so. Um, but yeah, it's, e- it's easy ways of raising money for the club and, and a bit of entertainment at the same point. Um, there, there's a few ways of doing that. Sadly, I've, I've left it a bit late to, to kind of share my ideas in many ways. But um, but this is, yeah, this is uh, an easy way of doing it. And uh you know, certain weeks it'll co- might cost you fifty p. You might only get one in the game, but you know, other weeks, and hopefully, it, it might cost you a few, you know, a good few quid. But uh, yeah, again, great way of raising money. It all goes back into the club. Yep, um, and uh, there's a you get put into a draw as well, a VIP ticket draw uh, when the home games resumed, when you when fans are allowed back in, uh, which is good. Um, so contact Shirley. On uh, 07817904217. Um, or the Supporters Trust and, and sign up for that. Um, fantastic fundraising activity. Other news. Um, Paul, producing a Monopoly board with the, uh, with the iconic places of Salford. And we're hoping, the club have asked us fans to sort of lobby the... Uh, the uh, the monopoly board makers to try and get us on the board. I think it's a good idea, to be fair, um, because obviously it gives us extra exposure uh, to potential uh, rugby fans, and it would be great to be on a monopoly board as well. Yeah, and I think so. I, I saw that be on. I think it was on social media last week. Some some pictures of, of, of this, and yeah, it sounds good. And, and yeah, and like you said, if it gets on on the, how many how many millions of those are going to be sold? You know, all over the country in the world and that so yeah it just gets our name out there doesn't it so it'd be great to see us on it um and, and yeah why not i think it's a really good idea 
because when you think about you know culture and, and sort of popular culture and that, there's a lot of stuff come out of Salford, aren't there? You're talking about music and, and things like that, and television programs and films, and you know, there's an awful lot of famous people come out of Salford. So, um, and as well as a rugby league team as well. So, yeah, it's exciting that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But yeah, like, I'd like to see us get a mention on it, and uh, you know, some of the iconic places around the old ground as well, and, and some of the newer places. So, yeah, that sounds a really interesting thing. Any good at Monopoly, Parker? Uh, I'm like most people. I'm good when I'm winning. Uh, <laughs> it's a horrible game when you when you you're having all your money flee stuff. Yeah, um, many an argument. No, I think it's brilliant. I think I think it shows how far Salford as a city has come. Um, you know the 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 makers Hasbro, a massive you know massive company all over the world. You know they've been making Monopoly for God knows how many years, and there are people around the world who just collect Monopoly boards, you know, or, or whatever. So every time a new edition comes out, so someone based in the middle of America who's never heard of rugby league might suddenly know that Salford, you know, Salford Red Devils uh, have a have a team, and that you know their the stadiums are square on that board. Uh, I know the football team are trying to do the same, aren't they? I think they're trying to get it on. Uh, but it just, like I say, it shows how far Salford's come. You know, that we, I, I don't know if there's any other rugby league uh, area got one. Has Leeds got one? I don't know. It, it, uh, you know, it's, it's a massive thing. And if Salford can get on it, it it's massive. You know, if that's another thing that people say, what does Salford bring to Super League? Well, you know, we, we, we're the uh, centre of perhaps a, a monopoly board, um, which is, a, you know, a decent start. Um, and, and most most places weren't certainly little pit villages based all over, wouldn't they? Um, so yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's really good. I hope we do get on there. We have to, yeah, we have to get to get in touch and uh, and make sure that you know South Rugby League represented on there because, like I said before, it's been you know part of this city for hundred and God knows how many years now. Uh, it's a large part of this city and this city's history. And, and like Paul said, the culture of Salford is it's something I, I'm I'm very proud of. Um, and uh, I should be shouting a little bit more, but when you look at it, how the city's changing, more things have come out today about what's happening down the Crescent and that kind of thing. So, yeah, no, brilliant. I, I look forward to it and I just desperately hope that the uh, that the AJ Bell and South Rugby League's on there. Yeah, uh, other news, don't forget to get your Magic Weekend uh, tickets, free tickets uh, for season ticket holders, one day, um, category three day ticket. Um Paul, great for season ticket holders able to to go and enjoy the Magic Weekend in Newcastle. Yeah, it's always a good uh, a good weekend, isn't it? Particularly since it's moved to St James Park in Newcastle, mm. and uh, you know September seems like, seems a while away, and I'm looking forward to that. I really am. It should be it should be an excellent weekend. It's great value for money as well, as we say every year. You know, even if you like, you say you get a day ticket, what you're watching there, you're getting three matches, aren't you? And they're usually three decent games as well. And who do we play? We got, we got Castleford, I think, this time, haven't yeah. we? So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I think I think Newcastle's a really, really good choice where, where they've got it at the moment. I've enjoyed all of them, to be honest, even when they had them at the, the Etihad, not, not far from my house. Um, it was great. I could have walked there, really. So, uh, I've enjoyed all of them, no matter where they've been. I think... One, one was at Murrayfield once. I remember breaking down, I think, on the way to, to Murrayfield. So that wasn't a very enjoyable one. But I think we got beat off London as well. But, um, yeah, at Newcastle, I think they've been great. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It should be a good. And I might even stay over and have a few beers if, uh, if we're allowed to. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully. If we, if we should be, hopefully in September will be, it'll be a different world then. Hopefully, Parker. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, mm. just echoing what Paul said there, by the way. Newcastle, I think... I think it's a great venue for it. I really do. I think the thing is with Newcastle, it's it, it, it's a small, big city, if you like. Uh, as soon as you come out the train station, you're there, you're in the, the middle of the town and, and St. James's Park is the centre of Newcastle town centre, mm. really. You can't go wrong. So it's kind of, you get that nice sort of rugby league vibe, you know what I mean? Everybody's there. You're not spread out all over. And, uh, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed with, with last year at, at Liverpool because uh, Anfield's so far outside the main part of, you know, the city centre of Liverpool, that there's a bit of a messing about and a bit of a, when you get to the ground, there's no real, you know, pubs or clubs around or anything like that. Liverpool itself is a fantastic place, but, um, and, and plenty going on. But, you know, where it was, whereas in Newcastle, you've got that, it's all together. Uh, you come out the ground, you're still in the town centre. So, yeah, I had a great time up at Newcastle when I, when I went up there. And, uh, yeah, and again, you know, we've got Cass and it's going back to that, you know, there's, there's nothing to choose between teams. So I think it's a, a great fixture this year as well. I'm thinking 
podcast day out. Paul, I'm thinking you grab your mate Sam Luckley. He can show us the sights and sounds of Newcastle, and uh, it's all good. He sounds good to me, doesn't it? That Newcastle. I've only ever had a drink like once there. Um, God, when did we go out? I think it's when I went up there at Easter time, I think, just after I started seeing Ellen. And she took me up and we met, I met a family up there and we, we went out for a few drinks with her sister and her husband and it was good. We didn't really get plastered, but we just had a few beers and that. And I thought, God, I'd, I'd like this. And we've never really been out since. So, um, yeah, you know, we're out as we kids and that. You never really get a chance to go out anywhere, do you? So, <laughs> so yeah, I think we'll, I think that's a plan, that. I think, yeah, podcast podcast night out. I think we need one, don't we? We deserve one. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, yeah, gonna, I'll, I'll hold yeah. to that now. We'll, we'll sort that out. Yeah. I know. We... we, we, we... We, we, last one we did was like, was it two years ago? We were planning one, one, one before COVID hit, but yeah, one of them weren't exposed. When, 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 when we can, it'll be, it'll be good to all get together and have a, have a cheeky beer or six. Yeah, did we go to Manchester a few years ago? Remember yeah. us meeting, um, Chairman Bob came and met us, didn't he? We had a few beers and that. Yeah. <laughs> Chairman Bob and um, Rick. Richard Lowe. Yeah, it's been too long. We need another one. <laughs> we do. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so that's the end of all the all the news um, coming out of the club. Now we'll do. We'll look forward to the big game against Settlers, the start of our 2021 season. It's time for the devil of the details. Big match review. So. Salford face set. Ellen's first game of the league season, uh, Parker. Um, mm. Excitement building, strong squad, big test. Massive test, massive. Um, like I say, it doesn't get any bigger. Back-to-back champion Saints, we know how good they are. The culture of the club, you know, the coaching, the players, you know, the legends like James Roby in there. It doesn't It doesn't get any tougher. Um, uh, the, you know, like I said before, fortunately, it is, it is neutral, so it gives us you know, a little bit of an added bonus. Um, sadly, you know, we know that there's a couple of players obviously not going to be available for us, which is which not a great way to start a season, but that's that's just, you know, the way it is. Most teams will suffer in the same way at some point. So, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see the team line up, see what, what, what Richard Marshall's got in mind and see what he thinks is, you know, his possible strongest from what's available. I'm very interested in the propping situation because... You know, on paper, I would have gone with uh, with, with probably Lee Mossop and, and Darcy Lussick, both you know available and fit or whatever. But it, it does throw so many options for other players, and, and proves again that our squad depth is is so good this year that you, you kind of go, well, they're not playing, so but it's okay because we've got you know whoever he wants to put in, um, and I think the, the lads look fresh against Wigan, didn't they? Look really fit and and, and quick. I think that's going to enable us a little bit. I know the weather's closing in uh, over the, the next few days. But it could be a bit of wet weather about. But if it stays dry long enough, I think our mobile pack is, could cause them quite a few problems. And, and our three quarters, I mean, you know, like Joe Burgess isn't going to be there. But other than that, you look at that, that's, that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. Any, any chance of a dry pitch, I don't think Saints would be quite fancying us either. Yeah, I watched... Um... Saints' highlights against Lee. Um, they lost by a point, I think, drop goal. And their edges were a bit off. And I think, like you said, with our sort of pace to burn on the on the, on the the side, on the edges, we, we could do some serious damage. Um, obviously, first game of the season, obviously we, we're not, we, we can't expect to be playing uh, Brisbane Broncos Fantasy Rugby League off the off the bat. It'd be good if we if they do, uh, Paul. Um, but it will be interesting to see what happens, really, because obviously we talk about the the Richard uh, Marshall effect. Richard Marshall came from Settlers, so Settlers will be looking to, to sort of do a number on him, really, as well. So it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens, really. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. They're the champions, aren't they? They've been the champions for the last two seasons, and. They've been pretty worthy champions, haven't they? They've been the most consistent side in the league. And, yeah, we, we talk about our pace, don't we? And uh, 
You know, look, they've got plenty of pace as well, haven't they? Yeah. You know, um, all over the part, the three quarters are really good. I think the signings that they've made as well, they've had an awful lot of bulk to the squad. You know, the big forwards that they signed, this, this Joel Thompson looks a looks a big unit as well. So they're going to be, be stacked in the forwards there. And they, they like to throw the ball around as well, don't they? So it's going to be a massive test for us. But I think you're best off playing a team like St. Helens early doors for me. And that's when you can catch them off guard. And, you know, I'm expecting a really, really tough game. But I think if we can defend like we, we did, we showed against Wigan in that game there, mm. defence is going to be key in this match. You know, you're going to have to hold them. They're going to throw the ball around. And if we can muscle up there, I think we can do OK. I really do. I think I think we can get a result. I think we can win the game. But just going off our sort of three quarters, you've only got to look at theirs. You've got Lachlan Coote there. You've got Makinson, Aquama, Percival, that Regan Grace. They're, they've got pace everywhere, haven't they? So we've got to watch that. Um, he's frightening looking at their squad, really. So, uh, so yeah, but I'm positive about it. I think we've got players that can cause damage there. I don't know if Richard Marshall's picked his uh, his 13 yet. I'm sure he's, he's got an idea in his head. It's probably going to be tough for him because we've only played the one pre-season game. So I'm sure he's seen enough in training to say, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with because um, we've got the conundrum at half-back, haven't we? We've got quite a few players there who, who, who could play in the halves. I'm sure he's he's got his combinations ready and things like that. So, yeah, it's going to be going to be an hard game. There's no doubt about that. But what what a great win it could be if we could get the win. What a great confidence boost that would be at the start of the season. If we could win this game, you're off to a flyer then, aren't you? So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm confident as well. I think we can win the game. So, uh, I think we've got to approach it and, uh, and just go for it. I think I think the approach is the important thing, Parker. Because obviously, if you think going in thinking, "Oh, we're playing Saint Helens," then you, mm. it might it might become a bit unstuck. But if you go out there and just play, regardless of who you play, then obviously you got more chance of, of a positive result for me. Yeah, you've got to listen to your coach. I think that's that's the main thing. Put put out your head who you're playing and who the opposition are. You know, you you, you know them. You, you during training, you've done video sessions. You know these players. You know. You don't need to be, you know, a mastermind to, to know what ha- who Saints have got in their team and how they're going to play. Um, but but Marshall will come up with a plan for for this game for this particular, you know, this, he knows Saints Island inside out, and he might know your know, weak spot or what they don't work on or whatever. And we've got to hope that works for us. And our players just concentrate on doing your job and don't worry about what's going on around or who you're playing against. Just just go out, focus on your job. And try and be better than that man who's in front of you. Um, and I, I think what, what we will find is, I think the two styles of, of kind of make for a really good show. Because both teams have got, you know, decent quick forwards. But the back lines are, are, are terrifying. I mean, like Paul's just said, they've read out their names. And then you've got the half-backs of probably Farge and, and, and Lomax, I would have thought. I mean, that, that's, that's tremendous. That's a tremendous back line the Saints have got. And we've got one as well. We've you know, proper skillful players in there, and Kevin Brown will control things if he if he starts the game, and and then like our three quarters, I think I think the people on Sky are going to be in for a, a bit of a cracker. Uh, could be a you know a big pitch at Edingley. Um, I think it could be a bit of a, a knife edge game. I do I do feel Saints are probably just a little bit stronger than us in, in certain areas. That's that's me just put, you know put the negative Salford edge on it, I suppose. Um, <laughs> And it, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me one bit if we were the shock result this weekend. Um, I think we've certainly got got the players. There are there will be a couple missing, but everybody's going to be a little bit rusty. You know, we've had a long break between competitive matches, really, both both teams. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a cracker, me. Very very exciting. Another thing that's exciting, uh, Paul, is that it's prediction time. Uh, no Nando's last season. Got Parky on board now, so there's more chance of a, of a Nando's because we've got three scores possible. Yeah, it's uh, it's made our odds a bit more appetising. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, before I make predictions, just just echoing what what you both said there about St. Helens. I think one thing with that game as well, we've got to play for eighty minutes. You can't switch off against them because mm. if you do, they're like an Australian team, aren't they? Like the old. Australian test side really you switch off for one minute bang they'll, they'll grind you down and grind you down and then they'll do you at the end won't they so I think we've got to concentrate for that full 80 minutes you know and keep the goal line defence is going to get tested if I had Richard Marshall I'm saying to the players look it's going to be like the Alamo 
on, on Friday night. You are going to get tested. There's going to be times where you're going to be camped on the line and they'll have the ball. We've got to tackle and tackle and tackle and, and do and do what we can. But I think we've got players in the squad. We mentioned it last week about Elijah Taylor. There, the little things he does in the falls. Just, just slowing it down a bit, just leaning on a bit. Just do everything you can and you power up. A little bit of professionalism. Just do that. Slow them down. Turn them on the backs. Make it difficult for them. I think that's what we've got to do. But my score prediction, I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be a cracker. I think you've got two sides that like to play good stuff. You know, two Illola here for us. We throw the ball about well. You know, that's a Ken Seo on the wing there. I think we'll score some tries. Uh, we showed in that Wigan game, you know, it peed it down all day, but we played some really good rugby. So I'm going to go 24 22 to solve for an absolutely belting game and uh, we'll score late on and win it 24 22. Solve for 24 22, Parker. Um, what do you think, Parker? What's your first, what's your gut saying? I think, I, I just think. And I obviously I open run, but I, I just I just think Saints will will edge it. I think there'll be a few tries, but I think despite what I said about you know both teams having great you know three quarters and and, and like Paul said about the tries, I think both coaches will focus so much on defence because that's what's going to win your games in the long run. Um, I think it'll be tight for long spells, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say much to my own you know anger really. Uh, I'm gonna go. Saints 22, Salford 12. Well, there's only one thing wrong with that, Parky, is they won the golden rule on this podcast is Salford always win. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, must, I must have missed that one. So, try again. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, don't, don't, don't try again. We've got a chance of winning the... <laughs> <laughs> We've gone without this land because we always back Salford, you fool. We need to... He's right, Parky. I'm excited, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if we edged it by a couple of points. A couple just, of points. I just, I just think that that their little bit of experience, especially again, I, I mention him every week. James Roby, such a special player. Uh, the effect he'll have, and, and the likes of Warmsley and uh, and some of their key forwards will, will will grind us, you know, down a little bit. And maybe they might just have that bit of experience, that winning. I know we've got it over the last couple of years, but that, they know how to win a game. And it's bit and a big game when it's tight and like like Paul said, they've got that, that Australian sort of attitude that they they're not going to be beaten. Um, I you know, so it wouldn't surprise me if we edged it by two points. But I, overall, I do think Saints will will probably turn us over. So attitude wise, how, how what's the score going to be when Salford win? If Salford win, yeah, I'll say fourteen twelve. Fourteen twelve. So we'll have to have two predictions each. And we're better off doing that. We've got more chance of this Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that. Is it Ken Seal? Urging Ken Seal to kick the ball wide so you got the Nando's. But he, is, it, is that right? I kicked it. I can't remember which way around it was. No, it was Kristen, didn't he? he that kicked was the it. penalty goal, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. So he close. So close, but yeah, so far. Um, me, on the other hand, I, I think. You know, I think we're going to come out flying. Boys want to come out and make a statement. Saints are all Saints are, are a good side, but I think we I think we've got players there who are going to unsettle them. So I'm going to go Saints ten, Salford twenty six. Wow, twenty six ten, and uh, Tui to score three. Wow. Mm. There, there, there are no other words than wow for that. <laughs> wow, Paul, what, you want you want anything Wait. to that, uh, Paul? Well, I'm just I'm just going to say to Parky, expect the unexpected with him because <laughs> he comes he comes up with these. But <laughs> no, I admire your confidence, mate. And you've said that a few times. I mean, last season, I think the 2019 season when we had some of them epic wins away from home, you called some of them, didn't you? And I remember thinking, God, what's Rob on? And I think we went to Hull and absolutely lamped them and I think you called that one. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you there, mate. I think I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'll I'll carry you around the AJ Bell Stadium if we beat St. Helens by 26 points to 10 and then uh, I'll buy you Hernando's. You've got a glass back, you might be able to carry me anyway. <laughs> it's all right now. It's not bad now. Well, that's good. That's good news. Um, so that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. We were going to talk about um, Fantasy League, and I think I'm, I'm going to start that next week. We're going to join the Salford Faithful 
um, fantasy league, so we can talk about each week on the podcast, and uh, I can tell you, Parky, how good a coach I am and how bad you are. Yeah, yeah, best of luck with that. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'll have to get it done. Like I say, I said off air earlier on that I've, you know, I've had loads of requests and stuff like that. I keep, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, and I keep putting it off. So, but now I know it's a bit of competition. I'll, uh, I'll get cracking. I'll get me thinking. Uh, me thinking, Ed. On. Um, get me Wayne Bennett, uh, Wayne Bennett brain out, and uh, yeah, I'll get my team selected. And we can we can talk about them next week. See how we we do in our first weekend. Yeah, obviously. Paul, with your prediction leagues, you're going to know who's hot and who's not. So, expecting big things from you. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I didn't do so well at the weekend. I had a few accumulators at the weekend and the Challenge Cup and, and the NRL as well. I, I got a bit carried away with some of them. They didn't come in. So, uh, but you keep practicing, don't you? I've got some. I've got. I think I've got a six-fold accumulator on this weekend on the Super League game, so uh, I'll see how they go. You don't win much, though. I think I'm on for 200 quid if I'll six come in, but we'll we'll see what happens. Two things. One, bet responsibly. Two, you can't, pra- you can't practice betting. Can you, Parky? It's, it's kind of a, you know, it's odds, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I've been practising for quite a few years, and I've, <laughs> I've not really got any better at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I even lay off Cheltenham this week, just in case. Uh, no, it's, um, no it's, not, it's not something you can... You can have, and that's the thing with, with sport and rugby in particular. You can't, you can't, you know, pick it. You know, nobody picked us for a, a, a grand final spot in 2019. Very few went for a Challenge Cup final last year. So the, these things do happen. Shocks happen, and you know, with all the best will in the world and the best sort of, you know, you put your thought into to every game. The score, there's always a scoreline going to catch you out. Um, so yeah, but like I said, it's first first weekend of the season. I think it's going to be at least one one maybe shock result, if you like. I had a, I had to go on Cheltenham, uh, Paul. First horse, first race came in, um, fifteen to one, got thirty quid, and I've managed to kind of siphon it out for the rest of the rest of the few days. So there's a lesson in there, Paul, for you. Well, I'm not doing too bad. Uh, I've I put sort of a tenner in my, my Skybet account about two months ago. And I got up to 38 quid mm. and I've not put any money in since and I'm back at 20 quid now. Oh. So I'm, but I'm not down. I'm sort of, I'm up there. So, but I get itchy feet. I'm like, I just keep putting 50p on here, there on, on accumulators, daft accumulators that could win me thousands of pounds, but they're never going to come in because it's ridiculous. And then I start thinking, mm, should I just lump 20 quid on something now and go big? <laughs> no, I've resisted it up to now. I'm keeping that 20 quid there. I'm just having the odd bit here and there. So I am betting responsibly. If I, if, I, if I lose twenty quid, I can't. I can't go home, Parker. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even. No, I wouldn't even think about it. I think I'm still living off a, a decent Challenge Cup final about two or three years ago in my account. Um, I managed to have a fantastic day on that. So, uh, and that, that's carried me over for the last two years. I think. Um, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that deep, and especially not in rugby league. It's, uh, it's a, as you say, it's a funny old game. Yeah. A big thanks to you this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. Back, Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact and Spotify. See you next week.